What's up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap with Matt and Marty. It is Monday, November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November. It's Guy Fawkes Day, freaks. Uh, 2018 year of our Lord. The Bitcoin price is at 63... Ooh, 6400 on the dot of Bitstamp right now. Uh, been a long week. A lot more news uh, this week to talk about uh, than compared to last week. But before we get to the news, we have a new sponsor here at Tales from the Crypt. Um, I got a trip coming up next month, Matt. Headed to Paris. Really pumped for this sponsor because I'm going to need uh, their bag when, when I'm traveling from, from JFK to Paris. Uh, and this is Baboon. Baboon makes technical duffel bags for all of life's adventures. Their bags are waterproof materials, are tear-proof and will last forever. Every bag comes with free shipping and a lifetime guarantee. That's a lifetime guarantee. That's a quality product right there. Free shipping, lifetime guarantee. Matt, I know you're a big fan of lifetime guarantees. Big fan, big fan of lifetime guarantees. Baboon duffels are called Go Bags, and they're designed to go anywhere. Road trips, cabin getaways, and quick flights out of town. They come in two sizes, a small one for carrying on and a large to check. Both sizes can be stuffed in a trunk, carried on your back, or dragged wherever your adventures take you. These bags will never break, period. Again, that's a lifetime guarantee, freaks. I'm a big fan of those. See why Condé Nast Traveler is calling it the ultimate weekender. Visit baboontothemoon.com and enter the code CRYPT, that's C-R-Y-P-T, to receive 10% off your purchase. That's baboontothemoon.com, code CRYPT, C-R-Y-P-T, baboontothemoon.com, code CRYPT. And that's an official ad read from a from a product outside of crypto. I really like Baboon because of their website name. It really really meshes well with the Vic, Bitcoin vibe. Baboon. We, we got that astronomy connection. Baboon to the moon. Dot com. Uh, very big astronomy connection. There's a lot of uh, people who like to trade on astronomy and Bitcoin, especially some some crypto traders out there. Who's the most famous? DJ Thistle is probably the biggest. The Blood Moon. Player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if Mercury's in retrograde. It's it's usually not a good sign for the markets. They're usually turmoil. Yeah, um, I, I don't follow moon trading uh, strategies. Yeah, I'm I'm making this up as I go too. But anyway, those are pretty badass bags. They have pretty cool interiors. The oh yeah, that's the another thing I wanted to cool. listen. Yeah. Uh, very very good aesthetic. Very in line with my aesthetic. Very very classy bag. One I would uh, uh be proud to to carry through an airport. And just more products should have lifetime guarantees. Yeah. Nah, it's a good uh, good selling point. Uh, Rainbow is one of my favorite uh, favorite flip flops in the world. They have lifetime guarantees too, which is great. I never heard about it. I'll check it out. Free ad. Give another free ad. Rainbow, my favorite uh, flip flops. All right. Meanwhile, McAllen still hasn't responded to our DM. That's why I'm not drinking. I'm drinking coffee. Matt's here. He's witness- better than Lacroix. He's witnessing this. I I fuck with Lacroix. All right. Um, have some have some coffee in my hand. McAllen has not answered our DMs. Cheers, freaks. I'll be drinking with you. Another week uh, of Marty being sober. I don't know how much longer this can persist, but we'll see. As long as we as long as we stay at sixty four hundred, we're still a stable coin region. <laughs> we are a stable coin region. Speaking of stable coins, thank you for the perfect segue. Tether in the news yet again. Dell Tech, uh, the bank. famous Dell Tech Bank in the Bahamas. Uh, when, when did the uh, the letter come out? Uh, a couple last, days ago. A couple right? days ago, there was a letter uh, making the rounds. That basically was a letter, f- official letter from the bank, uh, signed by one of the 
the heads of the there bank. There was no name, though, yeah. Yeah, uh, basically claiming that Tether at $1.8 billion? Is that what $1.8 billion, yeah. $1.8 billion in their account. Uh, a lot of people on crypto Twitter thought this was a fake uh, today, earlier today. Well, they didn't think it was a fake. They thought it was directly, like there was no name, name titled there, and the signature was like a squiggle. So yeah, they were it was, like, it was a very, uh, very. They uh, were like, the bank stretch. is trying to give as little assurance as possible, right? Mm-hmm. And then I forget which reporter. One of the reporters reached out to them, and they wouldn't comment on current clients, which I think is like normal procedure. But everyone said, like, oh, that means it's a fake. And now today, the bank, the like the chair, the chairman of the bank told Coindesk, like, the letter's authentic. Like, yeah, we sent the letter out. They're our customer. They have $1.8 billion in the bank. So it looks like Tether's fully capitalized here. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think that's, like, that was, in my mind, that was never the, never was or is the biggest risk of Tether. Yeah. Um, the, the, the claims that they weren't running a full reserve were never based on any kind of, uh, evidence or anything it was always speculation Hearsay. but the bigger the bigger risk is it continues to be like government intervention yeah yeah that'll be a risk uh, if one of the big agencies goes down to the bahamas and tries to interject we'll see what happens from there um but again tether news dragging on the people covering this uh it's a uh, I'm t- I'm sick of the story. Well, when you were working, so you were working on that montage you recorded that you haven't yes. posted yet. Uh, yes, have not, we were, have not posted it yet. We were looking back on the year together, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going back to my tweets last year, like, guys, I've been talking about this fucking tether bullshit for too long. Right? Like, there's so many the same shit over and over again. It's just the constant. The same, like literally, the tweets are exactly the same as the tweets I was sending out then. Yeah, you know, no claims of of not backing, but government intervention at any time. It's a trusted third party. It's not inflating the Bitcoin price. It's like it's just really repetitive. It's the never ending story. The never, no one will ever be happy. People still, you know, you think the critics are going to be like, oh well, now it's all said and done. No, there's like a million other things they'll say. Yeah, there's always more fodder. Um so that happened. Uh, I still think it's big news. Probably, you know, it's like a lot. Of, there's probably a lot of people that were sitting out and watching the tether thing that maybe, maybe are feel more comfortable now. Yeah, the price did jump a little bit in the last two days. It's just been no prices have been jumping or going down or anything really for like. If you have like any kind of longer term preference, it's all just been pretty stable. Exactly, like sixty four hundred for just too long eight weeks now or something like that nine weeks calm before the storm calm before the storm which way will it break we shall find out um speaking of breaking bitcoin cash is about to break up into multiple chains <laughs> i honestly have not been following this too much you, you like how i put it in the agenda yeah bitcoin cash lol <laughs> <laughs> so they've got a split coming what's going on? i honestly have not been following it because i could not give less of a shit like tether uh i could not give less of a shit about bitcoin cash i think it is uh, an abject failure and hash rate and market cap are proving that, but it seems as though people still care about uh, Bitcoin Cash. So what's going on? Well, it's it's only interesting because it's interesting from like a case study point of view. Um, I guess 
the the two main fact there's two main factions of Bitcoin Cash. They disagree with each other. It's Roger versus Craig, right? Uh, but it's Roger and Jihan versus Craig. Okay. Uh, Jihan is Bitmain CEO, and so I guess I guess Craig's faction wants to raise the block size to 128 megabytes. Nice. And and the Roger Jihan faction wants to keep it at 32 and add a bunch of those old opcodes that were all turned off by Satoshi. I'm pretty sure Satoshi turned them off. I thought they already added those opcodes back in. It, that point doesn't really matter. It doesn't even really matter what they're, tech, what they're arguing about from like specs-wise, right? Yeah. The point is, is that about 50% of Bitcoin Cash's hash power supports one side and 50% supports the other. And... And it looks like that they're heading towards a contentious fork situation. When's it coming? The fifteenth? I think I think it's the fifteenth. Yeah. yeah, it's a planned date. And um, the interesting thing is, so they're like arguing with each other about who has more hash supporting what, and the whole time, you know, they're arguing over who controls. Bitcoin Cash only has six percent of SHA two two fifty six hash. Yeah. So, so they're. And like I, I looked it up, I think it's like the top seven mining pools right now could easily fifty one percent attack the Bitcoin Cash chain, and it'll be like nine, the top nine mining pools, because when the fork happens, they're going to split their hash on each chain, so each chain becomes even more vulnerable than it already is now. So I, I, I think it'd be kind of like the, I mean, the ideal situation would be there's like. 100 200 block reorg at the time of the contentious fork and like coinbase gets fucked and like a bunch of like <laughs> fucking exchanges all get screwed and then we could tell everyone like this is what happens when you trust a, a chain with minority hash rate you know so like i think that would be a really nice learning experience why do you think no pool or significant miner has decided to attack a chain like bcash it's, in particular it's like, other than of, verge and a couple it's because others. of geon it's yeah. because of bitmain it's like so, so Bitmain, you know, right now they're you know people speculate they have about fifty percent of Bitcoin Cash's hash rate, mm-hmm. but like Jihan and and like his supporters, like his his group and his affiliates and whatnot, henchmen. <laughs> we could go with henchmen. <laughs> they can mo- easily move a lot more than that hash over from Bitcoin. They're just mining Bitcoin right now. Yes, because it's more profitable for them because they already have huge Bitcoin cash bags that they don't want to do. So. Even in that element, like this whole idea that anyone could ever think that like Craig and Calvin are like could could get more hash than Jihan is like the most ridiculous thing ever because he could just move it, move it over. So I think the main reason is miners were scared of retaliation from Bitmain, from Jihan. Like for a while there, the only way you could get the best chips was if you had a cozy relationship with Bitmain. And like that's not the situation anymore, which is interesting, right? So yeah. like, so so there there's some little game theory going on in the in the background that is that has protected Bitcoin Cash because Bitmain has protected it. Yeah, um, we'll see if that protection continues into the future. Uh, so be on the lookout for November fifteenth. Uh, it's interesting. I, I audibly chuckled uh, away from the mic when you brought up Calvin Iyer. Like the the the. <laughs> 
the characters that have that have accrued uh, to the Bitcoin. The worst of the worst. The worst of the worst. Like Calvin Ayers, however to say, however the fuck. You I don't say know how to name. say his last name. I kind of mumbled it. Yeah, I just mumbled it there too. But he looks like like your creepy divorced uncle that's like hitting on your friends that are like thirty years younger than him, and he really doesn't have anything productive to say. Just bought a just bought a motorcycle, right? Like, yeah, just bought like showed up to Thanksgiving with a motorcycle. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of those cheesy bitcoiners that probably bought a lambo just to buy a lambo and then you have uh that who's that gigolo who made like a 15 minute uh oh there's a hash uh, vin armani or whatever yeah, there's a hash war coming apparently is, uh, who is that i have no idea apparently he's on the bcat bitcoin i don't know bitcoin it's just such a clusterfuck i think like once i mean bitcoin cash was born out of a contentious minority fork mm-hmm. um so once that happens, you self-select to people that are just going to keep splitting over and over again for like bullshit reasons. Yeah. Um, so like it was, it was kind of inevitable. And I mean, I've said in the past that I think any minority forks, um, if they don't get any kind of dominance in the beginning, like they're just destined for zero eventually. Like you can pump them and try and corner the market, but eventually they'll trend towards zero. Yeah. And it becomes more of a personal dick measuring contest than an actual uh, mission to make the soundest money in the world. And that's why I tend not to pay attention to it. And uh, I think it's funny to see how uh, only a year and a month out of the the hard fork, uh, the initial hard fork that created Bitcoin Cash, we, we see so much strife within the community. Well, I mean, like what's really interesting is like you have to think of it from like a whole ecosystem perspective. Like imagine you're Coinbase right now. Right? Like I don't know how much Bitcoin Cash they have over in Coinbase but presumably they have some customers that are buying Bitcoin cash there, you know, especially since they put it front and center with, with everything else. Now they have to deal with all of this paperwork and customer service and, and you know, security considerations because this messy fork is happening and it's happening on an insecure chain that could be reorged at the same time by multiple different entities. Right. You know, so like... They're getting, what's the expression? You get what you sow or whatever. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. That's what's happening to them. Like they're yeah. literally, and, and people are going to start seeing the liability these exchanges bring on when they, when they list, you know, certain chains. Shout out to our sponsor, Cash App, uh, for only offering one, uh, one asset and, and avoiding that headache. They also don't allow you to deposit any Bitcoin, so they're really insulated. It's true as well. I think they might be working on it, though. Yeah, they are. They are. They are working on it. Um, yeah. So Bitcoin Cash, look out for November fifteenth. Enough of that shit. Um, uh, Wasabi, your beautiful, beautiful project that you love so much. Well, it's not. It's not my project. Well, but yeah. the the project. I'm that, in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you are. I'm very happy about it. Uh, you've been tracking the total Bitcoin volume within Wasab- the Wasabi ecosystem, and it has crossed 300 Bitcoin. It's pretty material. Yeah, well, they posted it on their homepage, but I've been writing it down every day. Okay. Um, yeah, but but it, it hit, I think it's at like 300 Bitcoin right now. Last I checked, it was like 297. Nice. And it was at like 150 like a week ago when they, five days ago when they, when they launched um, 1.0. Doubling in a week? Yeah. Nice to see. What's so the experience the, been like? The more people that use it, the faster and more private it is. So like that's why it's so important that we see those numbers go up, that we see more people install it, more people run it, you have know, put liquidity into the system. Have you seen a material difference since uh, more Bitcoin have come out? Yeah, it's so much quicker now. Really? Yeah. Pri- privacy loves company. That's true. What's the uh, difference in timing? 
just like like mon- like magnitudes quicker. Nice. Magnitudes quicker, and he's in- he keeps increasing the- he increases the anonymity set. Like how many how many people participate in each round? He he increases as more liquidity gets added. So like when it first when the beta was running, it was like I think twenty participants, and now it's fifty or forty nine. So like forty nine people take part in the in in one um, coin join transaction. So basically, I've had a lot of questions about Wasabi since I've been kind of shilling it. Um, the basic premise is is that you like when you buy coins on an exchange, you send them to your Wasabi wallet first, and then you mix them in Wasabi to to try and make it harder for them to track track you through blockchain uh, analytics, and then. And then you transfer to like a hardware wallet or cold storage. Yeah. Like so, it's like the intermediate. You shouldn't be like storing large amounts, even though it's custodial, uh, non-custodial, and you you control your own keys. It's still on like a internet connected computer. So you, what you what you want to do is is keep small amounts in there at a time and use it as like a staging ground. Yeah. So if you're like a business accepting Bitcoin payments, maybe. Uh you get a bunch of yeah. You accept them into your wasabi wallet, then you wasabi, mix them, yeah. and then you bring them to cold storage or whatever. You pay out your employees without people being able to track them in between. Or if you have like a compromised wallet, you can like, for instance, if you have a Trezor, you can add another wallet in Trezor. You can press add account. Um, so if you do that, you can then get a, a a wallet that has no tainted transactions and it's just a completely clean wallet. And then you can slowly take your take your Bitcoin from the from the wallet that you've been using, transfer it to Wasabi, and then trans and then after you mix, you transfer it back into the new wallet, and then you'll have a wallet filled with non-linked transactions. Yeah, big improvement. Less, less linked, less linked transactions. Big improvements to the privacy games at the wallet UX level. Again, these are uh, revelations that we've been following for months now uh in the bent and here at the rabbit hole recap and it's just interesting to see how quickly and uh how legitimate these these products are getting i just literally have been having wasabi open 24 7 giving liquidity to the system thank you for your service sir mm. thank thank you everyone else run uh, wasabi it's wasabi wallet.io wasabi wallet.io i spelled it wrong in the tweet <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks I, ago i corrected you real quick though it's one s not two uh wasabi uh the other wasabi i don't even want to say a competitor but a, another privacy focused wallet this wasn't on the list but uh obviously this conversation stoked uh this thought in my head samurai was was uh under the ire of of some people over the weekend and, and on the defense uh really weird to see greg maxwell apparently called them out uh because uh claiming that they have poor privacy because the way they they store uh, what is it? No, it's it's the it's two elements. It's their trusted node feature. Yes, and uh, the fact that they that that the transactions go through their server. Yes, that's and what it was. the the first one was the main uh, the main reason it was launched was because of um the whole no two x and user activated uh, soft work. So the idea was that you would connect to your own node. So you would know. So it was never. I don't think it was really ever supposed to be a privacy focused feature as much of a like a sovereignty focused feature. Yes. Uh, and then the other, and then the other, they're going to open source their whole backend. That's why it's still in beta or alpha or whatever they call it. 
Yeah, that's why I was pretty pissed about the people like coming at them over the weekends. Like they've been pretty open about th- the limitations of this stuff and I think both sides I think both sides of this debate, I guess, mean they 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 just want the best for Bitcoin. Yeah. And it's all just kind of bullshit semantics. I mean, at the end of the day, uh I think I think Maxwell what he what he said and what he said was people should be running their own Electrum server through Tor and connecting to it from their phone um, with the Electrum mobile wallet, which is like the most insane expectation of an end user. Right. It's like so out of, that's never going to happen. So short of that, there is no better wallet than Samurai. Like there just, it doesn't exist. Like there, there, if you want a mobile wallet, as far as the mobile wallet scene goes, there's no better wallet than Samurai. Yeah. So at this, at the end of the day, like, yeah, it could be better and it will be better and they're improving it. And I'm like really looking forward to Whirlpool, which is their own implementation of uh, the zero link framework, which is what uh, Wasabi is, is doing. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about Whirlpool is it has an incentive like join market is the, is the plan. So if you provide liquidity to the system, you get a por- portion of the fees, yeah. which is kind of cool. I uh, I listened to the Stefan Levera podcast with the Samurai Wallet. That was such a good pod. That was a really good pod. Definitely recommend checking that out, freaks, if you haven't already. Uh, and he had a good one with uh, with Adam too of uh, Wasabi Wallet. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that one yet. Those are those are two very good pods. Yeah, um, two very good episodes on one pod. Shout out Stefan, thanks for that. That was a really good interview. Um, so that happened, yeah. It was a little, like you said, it's like a bit of bullshit semantics. It's like, come on. But you shouldn't use the trusted node, but that's why the feature is there. And, um, but I don't use the trusted node feature. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. I don't think uh, Samurai's ever like falsely advertised that, that feature. Yeah, I mean, I do, I've never seen a Samurai advertisement, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's kind of a grassroots. It's the things in beta. It says beta, and be- it scares a lot of people that they're like, "Oh, can I really download this? It's in beta." I'm like, "It's more stable than any of the other wallets." Like, what? <laughs> they should all have beta tags on them. That's a good sign. Um, all right, to more cheekier stories here. Gwyneth Paltrow confirmed into Bitcoin. The Gwyneth Paltrow pump, the Gwyneth, 2018. It has started. November usually comes with some weird movements. I didn't think it was going to be Gwyneth Paltrow leading the charge. Hashtag bullish with Gwyneth. Hashtag bullish with Gwyneth. We have knocked Betty out of the hashtag. And no, Betty deserves it more. I'm I'm hashtag bullish with Betty still. <laughs> okay, we're hash. Okay, we're hashtag bullish with Gwyneth and hashtag bullish. Yeah, we can't. We can't. Betty. You can't replace Betty. We're all inclusive. Gwyneth here. doesn't get it. Uh, so her her lifestyle brand Goop. Well, what so a- I guess she's an advisor and investor of Abra. First of all, nice. So then she put a Q and A with Abra CEO Bill. Bayhart or uh, Bill Ayer. How do you say his last name? Look it up. But did she put a Q&A of, uh, with the CEO of Abra like on the front page of her lifestyle brand, Goop, which I never heard of before, but I guess is pretty major brand. And then she tweeted it out to her like 3 million followers or something. Yeah, Bill Barhide. Height. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm butchering your name. <laughs> very sorry. His name's Bill and he's the CEO of Abra. Yeah, and Abra's actually been done really cool things in the past like the, yeah they've done some interesting things are you really doing like smart contracts yeah they have like crypto collateralized stable coins i think yeah uh but the interesting thing here is it just continues along this narrative 
that once you own Bitcoin or own a company that custodies and sells Bitcoin to people, then you're incentivized to shill it. So Gwyneth has proceeded to shill it because she has a stake, right? Yeah. That's what I thought was the, <laughs> the yeah. valuable takeaway. We have... Uh... And we had Ron Paul shill it too this week. Oh, yeah. That was, I... Yeah, in his weekly column he shilled it. He said that there should be no taxes on cryptocurrencies and we should audit the Fed. Yeah, it was a very uh, very short mention at the end of a letter decrying... Uh... It was in the closing paragraph. That's like makes makes the whole thing about it. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it actually reminded me of what I wrote about today in the bent. Uh, shout out Jeet Sidhu. Uh, oh, I like Jeet. Who wrote a, th- a great thread, posted it last night, on Deflation and Liberty, a book by uh, Georg Guido Holzman, um, who also wrote uh, The Ethics of Money Production. Uh, from the Mises Institute. So highly recommend you guys go check them out. But uh, yeah, so I wrote about I wrote about Jeet's thread today and Jeet's thread, uh, Ron Paul's newsletter reminded me a lot of what Jeet's thread was talking about. And it's basically uh, what Jeet and your Guido Holzman are talking about is defi- def- or sort of de-alienating between deflationary monetary policy and inflationary monetary policy. And basically... Uh, explaining that they're both zero-sum games and the costs are just hidden in different ways. And in inflationary um, systems, uh, it's hidden via inflation, obviously. And then uh, deflationary systems, uh, the costs are more abrupt where businesses are failing and people are going bankrupt and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, so I thought that's an inter- interesting concept. I don't think it's talked about. And enough. that inflationary systems are more unfair. Yes, they're more unfair, obviously, because of the way the money's created. Those closest to the source of the money creation uh, benefit overwhelmingly and uh, asymmetrically, as opposed to those uh, furthest away from the the uh, source of money creation, which is central banking system. Right, right, right. Poor people get fucked, and rich people. Yeah, and the interest. The interesting thing about like the inflationary monetary policy and, and what I really like about what York does in particular, he comes at it from an ethics standpoint. Uh, and basically, inflationary systems that are that tend to bail out uh, failing companies, they really make it hard for people to climb the social ladder and for uh, for markets to sort of play things out. Um, so it, there's a barrier to entry for for people not close to the source of money creation. So inflationary policy makes it harder to save uh, and make money. you got to make more money to stay with inflation. Um, and I'm sort of rambling here. I'm not making a lot of sense. No, I mean, I think I think most of the listeners agree with you, yeah. but um, including including me. Yeah. So check that out. Read that book. I actually listened to the audio book. It was only an hour and 10 minutes. It was an essay, actually. Very good. Really good. Yeah. Subscribe to The Bent. Yeah. Subscribe to The Bent. Um, what do we have there? Uh, oh, that reminds me. Uh, your your recent pod this week with uh, Jack Maulers. Yes, fantastic. Everyone, okay. if you haven't listened to it, you should go. That got me really pumped. He's a genius, man. He's he know, he is so uh, the breadth of knowledge that he has in different domains is is stunning. Uh, from a design to an engineering to a finance understanding uh he's got a better grasp than a lot of people i've met and at a really really young age uh, yeah i was i was i was quite blown away yeah it was a very good uh, interview everyone should listen to it it's actually uh one thing i noticed uh was reflecting on 
Yesterday, last two guests uh, on Tales from the Crypt, the interview series, Justin Moon and um, Jack Mallers, both had dropped out of high school or college at one point. So Justin actually wound up finishing college and getting a degree, but uh, they didn't have a traditional path, which I love it, which, which I think is a, a very promising and uh, good sign. You know, you can make it. You don't need to go to school. Some people should, but. No, I like it. You see that. You see that a lot. There are other ways. Um, Petro Dash Fork. The Petro. Oh, the Petro finally like legit launched. And they. Forked I say off like legit in question in quotations. They forked off Dash. Yeah. So first they well kind of. So first they started their initial announcement was Ethereum, and I got really excited. It was going to be an ERC twenty token, and I got really excited because like that's like the best test of whether or not it's centralized was was if they could stop this sanctioned country from having an Ethereum token. Um, so then, so that I expected them to switch because I didn't think it was censorship resistant enough. And instead they switched to NEM, which is ridiculous because it's even more, it's like way, way, way more centralized than Ethereum ever is. And it's fucking ridiculous. There's like a thousand people that own NEM. The whole thing is, anyway, then they so they said they were going to do NEM, but nothing actually ever happened with it. And now, with the actual launch, it is a Dash fork, which itself is a fork of Litecoin, which is a fork of Bitcoin. So it's like kind of a Bitcoin fork. Uh, but but there's no. They're using a fresh UTXO set. It's not like they're taking Dash and they're forking it, and Dash they're owners get it. some Petro yeah. or something like that's not the case. No, they just they're using Dash's. They're doing what Litecoin Dash's did. code. And then they're starting starting from fresh, but it's going to be completely centralized. It's asset backed. It's not just gold backed. I mean, it's not just oil backed. They they added metals in there too. There's like copper and shit. <laughs> um, there's like ten percent this, ten percent that, and it's all back and it's all pegged. So it, the whole thing is a centralized mess. And so not only with normal asset backed coins do you have the trusted third party risk, but in this case, it's all the trusted third party happens to be like a corrupt government that's like bankrupt. <laughs> so like you should never trust them. You should um, especially not trust uh, the corrupt third world. Yeah. But they have their website up and shit. It's live. It's probably illegal for Americans to to participate. Like I, you shouldn't even if you're not American. Uh, it's okay to go to the the website though, right? Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I'm probably already on a list anyway, but I went there a couple times. Yeah, you sent it uh, to me too. Yeah, I sent it to and all I my tweeters. To <laughs> um, the you can buy with Bitcoin and Litecoin, so like me, like you got to actually kind of respect him a little bit because he's trying to Hoover up as much Bitcoin and, and Litecoin as he can get, you know. So he he knows what has the real value because he's selling you the crap and he's accepting the accepting Bitcoin. You know? Don't fall for it. He's a scammer freak, so I don't think uh, this is a good trade. I don't think you'll even be able to trade this if you're thinking about it. Yeah, they announced some like bullshit exchange support and stuff, and they have a block explorer, but it doesn't show any real. It doesn't show any blocks. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Well, if they're still raising money, does it mean and we? They there's no yet? proof that any money has exchanged hands. All there's right. no, you know, you, you don't see any actual activity on the chain or anything. It's all mostly a PR bullshit stunt. Yeah. Uh, while we're on that that vein, um, Alejandro Machado, friend of the pod, uh, DevCon four was it? Was in Prague last week. Yeah. Uh, Ethereum focus. No, it might be. Was it four? I think so. Okay, I don't know, but it was a DevCon. A DevCon. 
Yeah, in Prague. Uh, I believe I saw some tweets uh, that Alejandro Machado gave a presentation on experimenting with Bitcoin in Venezuela. So if you freaks, I'm sure there's tweets about it on his page at LAGW, I believe. Um, and but yeah, yeah, it's A L E G W. Yes, um, and he's trying. Yeah, they to, have a grant from the Zcash Foundation. They're trying to do like some kind of airdrop uh, education type situation in yeah. Venezuela. So shout out Alejandro for pushing that initiative and uh, go check it out. And freaks. fuck the Petro. That's all just bullshit. Yeah. Uh, we're only covering it because it's it's relevant because other people are going to cover it. So you have to you have to give some context. It's funny because there's a bunch of stories this week that we're covering just because they're not well, really that, stories, and they, so they need to be covered to be explained that they're not really stories. Exactly. So this is a, a very good example of the scam spectrum, uh, where the Petro you have a corrupt government launching a cryptocurrency that is a complete scam uh, and has no. Uh, basis in legitimacy. And then you have the PhD economist uh, and... Ooh, good transition. ...and tech giants who think they can do a better job than Satoshi and the Bitcoin project. And they try to use their credentialed... Uh, the veil of credentialed legitimacy to shill a shitcoin to uh, regular, to normal people. Are we, is this a transition for Initiative, Initiative Q? Initiative Q. The big, this is going to be a, a big PhD one. There's a PhD behind it, right? Yeah, Larry White. He's Larry like White, big, there you go. big in free banking. and Fucking scammer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say there's a lot of really good cryptographers who have Satoshi Envy. Uh, yeah, you either die a great cryptographer or you... Live long enough to, to spin become, up a shit coin. <laughs> yeah, the ICO promoter. I guess you can say the same for The Economist now, too. So this initiative... <laughs> <laughs> this initiative, everyone's going to show their shitcoin. Um, <laughs> this this initiative Q is like just straight bullshit, but it's starting to make the rounds, and I thought it was really important to get ahead of it. Well, they have a really good marketing ploy. They're emailing people. It's just free. They're giving it out for free, and you... You get five invites. You get five invites, you send it, and the sooner that you get people to the sign The more up, everyone gets. The more you get. Of the five of you. Yes. Gets. Um. So they got. And they're they're like it's like purely like pyramid schemes. But like they're not charging you, any money, so they're like, yeah, tiptoeing around the pyramid scheme ish, right? But they're straight up saying like, these Q tokens can one get it day now, be get worth. Other, yeah, they're saying trillions of dollars. Yeah. they're like they're like the amount we give you is going to be worth a hundred and fifty thousand dollars when this takes over the monetary supply. It is worth two trillion. Freaks and ain't ever that easy. All right. No, this site just screams scam. I'm not sure what the play is yet because they're not taking money. But like, if you do insist on doing it, which me and Marty are not participating in this and would never participate in something like this. But if you did do it, you know, definitely do not use your real email address and name. Um, don't ha don't ever send them money. I I have a feeling they're gonna like ask for money at some point. I don't know if it's like a harvesting for email addresses, but they're probably gonna ask for money at some point. Uh, they their terms of conditions says like they can freeze things at will. Mm -hmm. They have like no qualms of saying it's centralized, basically in the nitty gritty. They haven't given any tech specs or like coin distribution or like how many coins they're gonna keep or what what protocol they're using or what the deal is of that. They're basically just, just using glossy videos. Exactly. They, I think they had a Forbes article. They really? printed it in Forbes. You know how you make a good scam? You get a really good uh, parallax animation driven. Uh, website 
and yeah the website is so pretty it is so clearly they've done a good job of that uh but no the mark again this is a pure marketing play and they have a really good marketing angle which is hey the uh, free money free money but then like to get people hooked up they're like the incumbent banking infrastructure was built on 19 technology from the 1960s they give the bitcoin pitch yeah exactly and we're here to completely replace it overnight Um, but bitcoin was unfair that's what they said in the yes are we hypocrites no bitcoin was is the most fair money ever invented i believe so too um so initiative q i bet uh if you freaks out there have been cryptocurrency enthusiasts in your circle of friends and family for a while you're going to get a couple of emails from some family members. I've already gotten and chilled it. It's who crazy. think they found the next Bitcoin. Uh, I think with these things, a lot of times you find like the the news publications, like the actual reporters and stuff. Like there's no hard evidence this shit is a scam yet, right? Yeah. So they like sit on their hands and they don't make any definitive claims or any kind of coverage or anything. They might even give them some positive PR coverage inadvertently and then they 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 let them run ads on their website and then like five months down the line they're going to be like oh my god we should have seen this coming we apologize you know but since we're independent like we can just say to you like there is no evidence but pretty fucking sure this thing's a scam (laughs) pretty you know like this is going to be a bad one i think i think it's going to blow up it's going to be you know like a bigger than big connect this is going to be a big one using uh half a decade of uh groomed heuristics to to detect and call out these scams yeah, you literally checking, go to the website that's a scam ah it's, fuck it's checking all the boxes yeah. um, but hey there's a phd economist behind it and a couple and somebody from paypal we don't even know if they're actually behind it either right i guess oh, i think the website are. says it but... i think one of them's been shilling it publicly oh, okay there you go because um, people do sometimes, you know, get their names used when they. No, this is too big. This is too big to. It's at such a point where they would have had to come out and be like, "I'm not associated with this." I think you're right at this point. That's a pretty expensive domain name they got. Initiative Q. This there you th- go. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, beware. Scam. We're calling it out. Thank us later. There you go. We're gonna. We'll send out the told you so. Uh, Thank us later, or if it. If it so happens to become the world reserve currency, it's not gonna be. <laughs> you can beat us up in a couple of years. User invite. Speaking of beat up in a couple of years, Unicoin, they got beat up for, for launching their, their ATMs in India. Oh, no. So, yeah, I wanted, we, I, I thought it was important to come back to this because we talked about it in the other yeah. rabbit hole. We could have talked about it last week, but it slipped our, it slipped our list. It wasn't of on my radar. I didn't realize until afterwards. Yeah. So, we talked about it two weeks ago. Uh, Unicoin went ahead and installed Bitcoin ATMs in India, even though the government... They uh, weren't true ATMs. They were just deposit and withdraw from their website. Yes. Um, And yeah, so the founder, one of the founders got arrested. They both got arrested. They both got arrested. Sonny Wright? So I guess maybe he's the third founder. Yeah, I think he might... But two of the founders got arrested. Yeah. Maybe Uh, Sonny's not in India. uh, To all our... Indian brothers and sisters out there, we're sorry. But they arrested one at the they arrested one at the ATM, like in person, and then they went to the other guy's house and they arrested him and they like took the laptops and all the stuff and they they seized some Bitcoin. Really, small amounts, but but yeah, yeah, yeah it sucks. Uh, yeah, this is the weak point of all of this. Like the the crackdown spot is is where the was where the fiat meets. 
where you meet the traditional banking world because there's no way to do that without making yourself a huge fucking target for your government. Mm-hmm. Um, so short term, you know, that's going to continue to be an issue. And the governments that do it are just hurting themselves and their people because their people are getting fucked and they're losing out on t- future tax revenue. You know, it's just going to go to the places that are adapt or die, motherfuckers. Yeah. So hopefully they change course soon. And if not, uh won't be great for them, I don't, I don't think. Um, next topic, Coinbase, 1.3 billion. billion. 1.3 billion in Pro- revenue. Projected. I projected think. revenue for this year? For this year, yes. Uh, total year, not, not a quarter, right? Yeah. Total year. That's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's a lot of money. I mean, like, fuck Coinbase, but, you know. I think that's pretty bullish for the space. Yeah. So that's why I put it in there. Um, Coinbase recently added ZRX and BAT. Uh, and I've gotten too many text messages from people asking if they should buy it, which just fucking infuriates me. And just, I, I don't own either, and I wouldn't buy them. He got dragged, he got dragged into a... Twitter war this weekend too, Brandon Ike. He gets dragged into Twitter war every fucking week. Dude's got such a fucking ego, man. And and at the end of the day, the reason they have the bad token was so they can make a shit ton more money. And he's never going to say that. So like debating him or arguing with him is just a mindless exercise because he's never going to say that. And the other side's always going to say that because that's what he did. And and there's that. Because you can, this whole system can run on lightning. Yeah, you're going to be able to Set up web web sockets and yeah. There's nothing decentralized about Bat either. Like the, they control the token supply. Publishers have to get paid through uphold, which does full KYC on you. Like it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like it's that thing what you're saying, patience. Exactly. Like people spin up these tokens for use cases that will be enabled in the future. It's just going to take time to get there. Uh, slowly but surely, that's being proven out. But you know, like I wouldn't like. You know what's awesome? Just say, you know, it was to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And not to uh, pat myself on the shoulder here, but when I was doing research for the montage, going back and reading old Ben's, I was giving out some pretty good advice this time last year in the mania, I have to say. Pat myself on the shoulder. I was patting myself on the back, too. Yeah. uh, We did pretty good. That's why we're where we are right now. That's what's cool about this space. It's like they really, it, it tends to have like a pretty decent memory. And it just weeds people out. Yeah. Uh, adapt or die. It's, uh, but it is interesting to see, uh, like, if you are patient and have a long-term view, like, these things will, will come to fruition. It's just, again, to think that you're going to get all the shit out of the box is asinine. Like, think. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Brendan didn't, he didn't think, like, that's that's not... He knows that. Yeah. But he just want to make bank. That's true. You know? <laughs> like, if you could control the token supply, you might as well try. Right? Can you really, like, he'd go fuck himself. Is it unethical? But I don't, yes, I think it is unethical. But, like, a lot of people make money unethically. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, like, I'm just saying, like, I feel like the incentives are set up so people end up you know, yeah. shilling their exactly. ICOs, yeah. right? Like, that's how the incentives are set up. And, like, over si- time, they get weeded out, you, you know, and that signerage, sucks. If you make signerage as easy as a couple lines of code, yeah. it's going to happen. It's it's inevitable. That's what's going to happen. That's people's natural, g- greedy inclination. Yeah. 
Um, I just wish he just admitted it and just said, like, that's why bad exists. I don't think that'll ever happen. No, that'll never happen. What is WEX? They have 90... Oh, WEX WEX is the exchange that took... So BTCE was one of the dopest exchanges that (laughs) existed in Bitcoin history. They were laundering all the Gox coins. Yeah, but they, they were anonymous and they never had any issues until last year when the government took them down. Before that, everything was... They were like surprisingly good at customer service. No one, there was loyal, you know, they were from the Gox days and they existed and they never did any KYC on you. They had a very limited palette of shit coins, you know, like a tasteful amount. So you still had some access, but you know, not too many. It was like a full blown shit coin exchange. Like everyone knew it was a Bitcoin exchange. And then the government like fucking took down the guy when he was like on vacation in Greece. It was like run by Russians. Mm-hmm. Did they pick him up in Greece or uh He was on vacation somewhere and they like rammed through his his gate and like huge huge operation took him down. And then he did I'm didn't he accidentally kill I'm quote doing quotes. Didn't he accidentally kill himself in custody? I think yes. Something yes. super sketchy happened yes. and then he died. And then Wex pops up. And supposedly it's from the same guys as BTCE and everyone's customer balances are going to get restored. So at this point, I'm like 99% sure that Wex is a honeypot designed to like, okay, we got the guy. Now let's try and get the users of the exchange, right? Like, cause, So one of the reasons they went after him is because we had all that ransomware that was going around. Remember like the WannaCry and shit? Yeah. Where they would encrypt your, fun, encrypt your hard drive and then demand Bitcoin ransom? A lot of those funds were going through BTCE. And afterwards, like a lot of people were saying, like a lot of the Mt. Gox stolen funds were going through BTCE as well. Yeah, Wiz sort of proved it, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. But anyway, they laundered a lot of money got laundered through them because they didn't do KYC or freeze funds. Um, so like that makes sense. Uh, so I thought Wex was a honeypot. But it turns out that it probably isn't a honeypot because whoever runs Wex is trying to steal all the fucking money. And they sent a bunch of it to to Binance, and Binance froze it. Yeah. Uh, so not your keys, not your Bitcoin. We got that lesson. Yeah, and it's Ethereum, right? Yeah, it was Ethereum, but not your keys, not your Ethereum. <laughs> it's the same thing. Same thing. I think um, it was 93,000 Ethereum got frozen in Binance. 93,000 Ether. Uh, and it was mostly through public shaming, because I don't think Binance like honors this, uh, crime norms. This is uh, norms. an example of why you should be careful with trusted third parties for legitimate users and criminals alike. These criminals should not have trusted Binance. Everyone. Everyone's a fucker. like, here. use a mixer or something before. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't really looked into it that hard. <laughs> um, because, like, it was a shame when BTCE was taken down, but uh, after that, I just assumed. I just, just like, all the money was gone, guys. Like, <laughs> once that happens, like, once there's, like, an international investigation and execution of that investigation and then they kill the founder like you shouldn't use the site anymore i don't know like like that's big uh big stay away uh in my mind if that's uh that has happened but what was cool was cz the ceo of binance was like i froze these but in the future they're just going to use decentralized exchanges he said that about the criminals yeah, he's like, we yeah. can freeze them now, but I'm just warning you, like, in the future, they're going to be using decentralized exchanges. Yeah. Good on you, CZ. Or, like, you know, something like Wasabi. 
Yeah. Um, Ethereum has a bunch of mixers too. Uh, yeah. That's why it's weird that they didn't use a mixer or anything. At one point, mixer was driving like 90% of Ethereum transactions, correct? Yeah. They were just being they were being cocky about it, and they just sent it straight to Binance, thought it wouldn't be frozen. That was pretty stupid. Yeah, it was a very stupid idea. That's a lot of money, too. Um, where are we? Where are we now? I think, oh, Janet Yellen. I guess it could have been corrupt. It could have been, you know, we had Carl Force and shit. It could be corrupt, a uh, corrupt honeypot. Carl... Mark Force or Carl Force or whatever, the guy with Ross Ulbricht with Silk Road. He was like stealing money from Silk Road at the same time and then went to jail afterwards. And his testimony was like one of the main reasons that Ross got the sentencing he got. Yeah. So it could be like that. It could be a honeypot. And then like the marshals are trying to steal the money or something. (laughs) And then CZ froze the marshals money. That'd be exciting. That would be exciting. And it would like prove that uh, corruption is rampant. Well, that's proven, I think. Yeah. Um, Janet Yellen does not own Bitcoin. That was, it's important, it's important for us. Yeah, was she in Canada? It hit all these fucking headlines that Janet Yellen, so she talks shit about Bitcoin, which, you know, you come and, to expect from Janet. And But she hit, like, all, like, the worst tripes that have been pretty thoroughly debunked, very specifically in the last, like, two to three months, with, like, mining and, uh, like, fork inflation We've and stuff like that. We've been debunking that shit for years. It doesn't matter. And then we're going to be debunking it for years. That's why one of the reasons this pod exists. Um, but the point is, is that there's so much bullish fucking news in this space. You don't need to make up bullshit. Like there's all these headlines running around that Janet Yellen owns Bitcoin now. What happened was Janet shat on Bitcoin and then someone using their own custodial service that they're the CEO and founder of send $20 to her email address worth of Bitcoin that she has to like click and like log into their custodial service and like accept their Bitcoin, which she hasn't done and is now like Janet Yellen owns Bitcoin. So it's a de minimis amount. It's like fucking $20 and she hasn't even accepted it and she was unsolicited. She didn't ask for it. Great growth hack there. Great growth hack there by that company. And tons of articles. Coindesk covered it. A bunch of different people covered it. Now that's how you that's how you goat clickbaiters into a free ad there. Um, we're covering it because it's not fucking news. Like I was so triggered by it. <laughs> I thought it was important to say that this isn't news. Hey, for all you growth marketers out there, it's a great great case study. Fuck this shit, man. <laughs> Janet Yellen does not own Bitcoin yet, and that's a feature, not a bug. Um that's all we got on the list. What else can we talk about? We've got about like ten minutes left. Let's riff. Well, I guess uh, like I, I tweeted out, I tweeted out to our people what the biggest news of the week was, and a bunch of people wanted us to cover. I guess there was like a controversy after World CryptoCon that happened in Las Vegas that I haven't been following at all. And did you see this at all on Twitter today? Oh, yeah, CryptoCon or whatever is that the one? Yeah, like I guess ran? there was like sexual harassment and stuff. And Wait, people were victim blaming. What? And then victim defending, and so both sides are going back. like sexual harassment isn't okay. Uh, like that's all that needs to be said, I think, for this story. Was it like crypto trader conference or? I think the fucking thing was called World CryptoCon. It's based in Las Vegas. Like this is never going to be like a tasteful conference, right? Like there's no like we would never even think about going to this thing. Um, but I guess I guess some women felt uncomfortable there. And and when they voiced that 
feeling that they were uncomfortable, they were then attacked for that. And, you know, who knows, you know, what actually happened. We didn't fucking follow it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we should just not support that in the community. Definitely not. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth covering, but people kept bringing it up, so. Did they really? Uh. Yeah, and that, my biggest news of the week little thread I made, asking and, people what the biggest news of the week was. I figured that was a good idea going forward for the pod. You know, you just poke poke everyone ahead of time, see what they want to talk about. It's a good growth hack, too. Get people a little... Uh, get them ready for get it. Get them ready get for them it. Get them excited. I like that, Matt. Always um, thinking. Uh, yeah, uh, sexual harassment, definitely bad. Uh, don't be a douche. Be yeah, exactly. Kind. Like. It's pretty simple. Just treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Oh, and then the other thing came up, which was censorship of porn in the UK based <laughs> off of that, which I just don't think censorship is okay. Like you shouldn't, there's like, who decides which porn is good and bad porn? Like that's the issue. That's where you get to the issue. <laughs> I think I could step in. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's, again, it's, a, it's slippery slopes. Just You, you ha- can. You have a human there that's going to abuse his fucking position. Yeah. Like, that's what always happens, no matter what. Yeah. Censorship is never okay. Um, yeah, I think a porn's, a, porn's just going to be here. And if you try to censor it, you're just going to drive it to, like, BitTorrent or something yeah, like decentralized that. Decentralized porn. Yeah, well, spank chain coming, yeah. <laughs> coming in now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just triggered a few people out there. I can feel it. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> Strike it from the record. Uh, he didn't say that. Um, yeah, what else is going on? Uh, I mean, again, going back to the volatility, lack of volatility. It's crazy. I haven't seen, like looking at the chart, the chart just looks so weird uh, with how steady it's been for the last month, two months. It's going driving to, Maraud crazy. Going back to September 5th. So two, two, three months now on this. It either breaks up or down. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I'm ready for down and I'm ready for up. And uh, let's go on this wild ride together, you know? Yeah. No. Long term, like, we're good. So short term, it's it's what it's it's crazy and hilarious to watch how much it drives people crazy. Just these, it's the same thing happened last cycle. It's just these. Yeah, but I feel these like. These long, stable beers freak people out. It's so like, fantastic. Things like, uh, things like Goop last week during the, uh, the 10th anniversary or of the white paper. There was a lot of media coverage. Like I was uh, coming from Hoboken uh, back to Brooklyn on Halloween night and they're sitting there on the train platform and like the NBC news flasher has like Bitcoin. Really? 10 today. Like I, I just have like, that's I, I, cool. This is like, this is a very anecdotal. I just have a feeling like maybe it's becoming a little bit more palatable. Maybe the uh, exhaustion after the blow off top and subsequent fall is beginning to wane and people are, again gaining interest i don't know i was talking about this the other day this time last year it was fucking we had just we had just hit our all-time high of seven thousand dollars <laughs> freeze frame matt popping bottles of champagne freaking out you know uh like a couple of weeks later like selkis is like he's like i'm trying to figure out like a unique way of shorting the market you know, and like we're hitting like 9K and then we hit like 11K and then drop down to like 8,500 and everyone was fucking scared shitless. Yeah. Like, that I just. That was two months, people. No uh, one knew that was going to happen. You know, no one was like, well, like the fractals tell you that it's going to, you know, go to here and go to there. And yeah. Like, fractals. Yeah. I. The I'm more are, bullish today. The charts are than, fun to look at, but I'm more bullish today than I was then. 
I am as well. And it's just funny when you think about that, where like that's why I don't trust my emotions because we <laughs> we could break down here. But I thought we were more likely to break down last year. And good thing I was like, well, fuck that. I'm not. I'm not a traitor. You know? Exactly. So so long term, it should benefit the people who who ignore their emotions. Yeah, the market can. No one knows. Market can bitch slap you in the face and be like, you're yeah, wrong. And I'm bullish with Gwyneth and Betty. Yeah. And Murad. And Murad. I'm, bu- I'm bullish with Murad as well. Bullish with bearish Murad. <laughs> Uh, I was reading one of Murad's old posts and I just felt so much FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all we got for this week, Freak. Shout out to our new sponsor, Baboon. Uh, again, yeah, that's pretty cool. Baboontothemoon.com. Code Crypt, 10% off. Yeah, we got our own promo code. I think it's our first promo code that we've ever had. Yeah. We're uh, growing up. Um, so shout out Baboon. Definitely check them out. If you're looking to go on a trip, check them out. Uh, if you guys... Like Matt said, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, definitely tweet them at us. Uh, yeah, or DM. Our DMs are open always. DMs are open. Um, people have been taking advantage of that, I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, which is great to see. And use Wasabi. Everyone should go use Wasabi and give us all liquidities because privacy loves company and we, we need each other. Yeah, and watch out for the scams out there. They come in many forms. They're led by different archetypes as well. Um so just be aware and and help people uh, discover them as well. And, and maybe uh, your family members that might be getting scanned by Initiative Q right now uh, need a little help in the form of you saying, hey, this is a scam. Damn right. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. Peace and love, freaks. Cheers, guys. <laughs>